I understand that. And I am more than grateful than anyone. My, I never thought for a second of going joining the military. My brother-in-law was in the military. Uh, I have other friends, people I know very well that were in the military. And I am so grateful for their service, for what they've done, and those that lost their lives. It's a whole nother level. So thank you so much. Uh, we pay homage to Memorial Day. But I think, look, when you get a day off, you should enjoy it. Like that's sort of the point of a day off. So I hope people did have a great Memorial Day weekend. It, it makes me want to go to the beach. And I said this to everyone, but I'm from here. So like I know what that weekend is. Like unless you're a tourist and it rained all day, all weekend down here. So I, I feel bad for those tourists that came down to get to the beach. But like the beach is literally impossible. And it's people's retort is, well, which beach? All of them. Like Mike Mayo, I brought this up on his lunchbox, and he was like, well, it depends on the beach. No, it doesn't. It doesn't depend on the beach. July 4th, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, any of the holidays that are still within, like, April to September, where it's it's hot year-round here, but, like, you're not going to the beach in December, January, February. The water's cold, and we're not the Pacific. Like, we go out west. We go to the beach here to go in the water. Like, that's what you're doing. You're going in the water. You're hanging out. If you can't go in the water here, it cuts down the locals going to the beach. Yeah, tourists will go because you sit there, you look pretty. Locals go because it's hot as hell, you get in the water. So those holidays, problem is, the beach gets packed. All of it, the beach. It's just one big-ass beach, okay? South, South Beach, even the Keys. Keys, South Beach, all the way to freaking Delray Beach. Every single beach on a holiday weekend is a freaking disaster. My first move was to want to go to the beach. You'd have to go at 7 a.m., when I have kids, I'll probably be up at 7 a.m. Until then, I always am like, oh, beach. No way. So don't go near the beach. Have a barbecue. Spend some time with family and friends. I did that in part. Did a lot of stuff around the house as well. My busy, busy, busy wife has a lot. <laughs> exactly, Andy, man. It's Canadians. That's, I mean, that's what that. You want to go to the beach, but you don't really get there because it's literally impossible. Parking is a pain in the ass. It gets and, and even without COVID, it's just I don't need to be around a million people. Like, it's cool. Yeah, there's good-looking women if you're a chick or into men, good-looking men. But that only goes so far. You know, it's hot as hell, and there's a million people around. This is a pain in the ass. So we, most of us South Floridians know stay the hell away from the beach, even though the beach is a great place, especially. Uh, on a holiday, there's not really a lot of stretches that are low-key on a weekend like this last weekend. But hopefully everyone had a good time. They enjoyed themselves. It started... Well, not Saturday. When was it? Saturday night? It got rough Saturday from a South Florida sports perspective, in a sense. Look, uh, that's the big story of the weekend, at least from South Florida's perspective. I know the Rangers won game seven last night versus the Hurricanes. They're going back to the Eastern Conference Finals versus Tampa Bay Lightning. The, the Panthers are once again still at home, even though they had the most points in the NHL. So that's fun. But the story was the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, who were injured. And I went in, <laughs> I went into the weekend... Yeah, it, it was what, Friday and Sunday, right? So when last we left me, it was over. I believed it. The series was over. We had seen Jimmy Butler get tripped in game three. We had seen him miss the second half. The team kept that lead going, won the game. But game four, no, Jimmy Butler was not himself, had seven points. The team was a disaster, got routed. Game five, he had a five-point lead at half, clung to a one-point deficit, Late in the third, Jimmy Butler was not himself, was not aggressive, was not able to finish, not able to hit jumpers. The team eventually got lapped and lost by double digits in game five. So we come to Friday, and it's game six. Heater down 3-2, coming back 
home and or going sorry going to Boston. Had the well LeBron game six two thousand twelve vibe. No, it didn't. The Heat were hurt, and they were the Heat were legitimately injured. PJ Tucker has issues. Kyle Lowry has issues with the hamstring. Hero wasn't even playing. Uh, he missed game three, game four, game five, game six. So that's four games for your second leading scorer, the guy who was six man of the year. Yes, the Celtics had injuries, but all their guys were playing. After game two, Horford or game three, Horford, Williams, Smart all played and all played well. So whatever their injuries were, they weren't limiting them. So good for them. The Heat's injuries were clearly limiting them. Hero wasn't playing. Tucker was a shell of himself. Lowry was a shell of himself. And then Butler, after being tripped that no one discussed or got into, was a shell of himself, a dude that's averaging like 30-something, and he was. I mean, he was the best all-around player in the playoffs, these playoffs, like he was. The dude was defensively great, rebounding, leading his team, making people better, scoring in the inside and the outside. He, Giannis was really good. Giannis wasn't doing what Butler did every single game. He didn't take any games off. He had two horrible games, so it's like, okay, well, without Butler and these guys here, what are they going to do? No shot. I mailed it in, thought it was over. I was, I believed it, not because I was being negative, but because of reality. Like, you can overcome X's and O's. You can overcome being off. You can overcome another team coming out hot. You can overcome all that. Injuries, you can't. Like, in a seven-game series, you get one day off. You can't overcome injuries. Injuries are the one thing that you sort of can't mask, especially when there's, he were listing six to seven guys on the injury report. They're not the Patriots. Like, it's not a scheme. Like, Jimmy Butler wouldn't allow himself to be on the injury report, and he was probably the most injured. Dude's knee was swelling up every game. Like, it's hard to, to be, you could see, he was short on his shot, and he had no athleticism to the basket. Well, his knee. So, it was over. Well, <laughs> Dwayne Wade calls Jimmy Butler, and Udonis Haslam talks to Jimmy Butler, and Pat Riley talks to Jimmy Butler, and Harlan Selznick did a great job, meaning they found some f- fucking fire. No one talked about this, but whatever they didn't do in game... Four and five, they did in game six and seven. They found something that allowed Jimmy Butler to be better. He wasn't himself, but he was able to attack. He was hitting his three ball late. He got really in the groove and was hitting his mid-range. Lowry woke up just enough. Struce woke up just enough. And Jimmy Butler put on a LeBron James, 47 point, nine rebound, eight assists, monster Friday night in game six. Carry the heat on his back like he's done so often in these, what, three years? He's only been here, it's so funny, he's only been here three years, and it feels like he's the definition of a heat lifer. And the heat win game six <laughs> to everyone's dismay. Like Celtics fans, national media, Miami Heat fans. I've been championing this team all year when people, when they made the Lowry, PJ Tucker, Morris move, and people were like, eh, I was like, no, you're wrong. Those are really big moves, and this team isn't just a six seed. This team is going to be legit. Number one seed, got to the East Conference Finals. And then everyone got hurt because they do have a lot of older guys. And even the young guys outside of Bam got hurt. And Bam wasn't productive. And even in game six, Bam was useless. So they come to game seven Sunday. And now it's interesting because they're at home. You've seen this butler. We haven't seen for two games. And you saw a little bit more from Struess and a little bit more from Lowry. Huh. The linesmakers still went Celtics, which I thought was weird. But it felt like, okay, the Heat may not win big, but they should win this game. And the Heat looked gassed. <laughs> like, the Heat looked what we thought we'd seen in Game 6. Because the Heat had a lead for most of Game 6. And the they the Celtics made a move, but the Heat had a lead. They, that didn't in Game... The Heat never led in Game 7. They were done. And as a fan, you watch what they saw in Game 6, and you're like, how is that happening? Like, this is Game 7, the Miami Heat, Heat culture, Heat lifers, at home, Game 7. That's what you play for. Butler just gave you 47. Again, that old word, injury... 
rears its ugly head. And Celtics fans can call say excuses. They can say, well, we had injured too. First of all, not an excuse. It's the truth. They were injured. And again, the Celtics injuries happened early in the series. And by the end of the series, Tatum, Smart, Williams, Warford, all seemed fine. All of them. Smart should have been fucked by that um, angle. He wasn't. Smart looked fine. He looked like Smart. He was able to have some good offensive games, some atrocious offensive games. Defense, he's not. The, he's not. By the way, Marcus Smart's defensive player of the year is one of the biggest travesties ever. Like, I don't know if it's Bam, fine, but it ain't Marcus Smart. He's an average. He's a good perimeter defender, but he's not great. He defends the point guard, maybe the two, and no one else. And even then, the point guard and the two ha- don't have trouble scoring on him. So I, I don't understand that thing. That that is weird. That Marcus Smart won an award where there's so many guys that are great defensively, but okay, especially perimeter wise. Jimmy Butler's a way better perimeter defender than Marcus Smart. Like I don't even know. Like Butler's not even mentioned. That's fine, but Marcus Smart's not. He's not the best perimeter. If you're giving look, Gary Payton was the last point guard, last guard to win the best player of the year. Dude, his nickname was the fucking glove. Like he literally was like a six one, six two, six three point guard and would man up Michael Jordan and do a hell of a job. Like. That's, that was a weird thing that they did there, but I pull a deep on a tangent. So the Miami Heat game seven. Okay. They're done. <laughs> the Celtics come out very much like, what was it, game four, where they just blitzed the Heat and he couldn't hit the side of a barn. And it's like, what the hell? This team's not trying. This team's done. This team's dead. This seems all these things that we hadn't seen in game six and we figured we wouldn't see in game seven. And it's funny, I focus on the injury thing so much going in game five, game six, I'm sorry. Once that happened, I totally forgot about injuries. I'm like, oh, okay, they're not injured anymore. They're, they're healed. When I thought there's no way you can get healed. But it's like, if Butler can do that, why can't he, they can, you know, do something in game seven? Well, game seven was very frustrating from a Heat fan perspective because there was a lot of highs and lows where the Heat would put like a two, three minute stretch together and look really disciplined on defense and smart on offense and attack the basket. And the refs... We're giving them some calls. Eventually, it caught up. The refs made sure in the second half that the Celtics had a definitive free throw advantage in that half. But at least in the first half, the Heat got their calls. It was even. And the Heat were at least getting to the line, and that was stemming the tide. Cool. But then the Heat would go on these long stretches where their defense was ass and their offense was settling for jumpers, and it was very frustrating. So you get to the end of the game, the Heat are down late, like 11, the Heat were close, and then down 11 with like three and a half, so you think it's over, the Heat go on their best run of the night, they cut it to two with 20 seconds left, I'm sorry, they cut it to two, get a stop, and have the ball with 20 seconds left, and Jimmy Butler goes down the court, and it's a three on three with Horford backpedaling between the paint and three point line. And you have Jimmy Butler, who's been aggressive all night, looked really good, and he's now had two games where he looks great, and the Heat have all the momentum. Okay, so I I focus on this because this was the thing I was hammering Sunday. When they lost, I was hammering this. But after the game, Eric Spolster said some interesting things that made me reevaluate my opinion. We all know now Butler takes a three. Transition three, that was weird with 20 seconds left when he clearly had the paint and could have had an easy layup. The Heat had stopped them the last three minutes. I don't think the Celtics had scored for three minutes. The Heat literally went on a, was it 13-2 or 11 It was a 11-2 run. I think the Heat went on 11-2 run, shaved off nine points, cut it to two. They had all the momentum on both ends of the court, and you had 
your best player, the best player in the playoffs, a guy who's been going to the basket at will, getting to the line for the most part. Second half, they weren't. Second half, they, the refs stopped calling fouls for the Heat because, of course, like at some point, they, they have to reverse it, you know. Butler had gone to the paint a bunch of times in that half and not gone to the line. So I get that idea. But at that point, you have a big who's out in space. You go, you make a move, you have a layup, and you get fouled. Or you at least get the layup. You're tied, you go back down. You've been playing defense, hopefully you get a stop, you go to overtime. That's the mentality, right? You're at home, you went on this run, you have the momentum, you go to overtime. The Celtics are reeling, you're going to win. Well, that word that I said so much Friday, here, Mike Mayo, everywhere I went, I talked about injuries online, I mailed it in, I forgot about it. Eric Post reminded us, and he didn't make excuses, he was being honest. And it's why Jimmy Butler hasn't backed down from that three. The team hasn't backed down from that three. Most fans who are smarter than me haven't backed down from that three. They took the situation into account. I didn't, I totally forgot about the injuries. Well, Tyler Hero did play game seven, hadn't played in four games. He didn't play the entire second half. PJ Tucker. Had had injury issues, but he is a warrior dude. And he did have a 15-point game in there, but was atrocious every game after that. He hadn't played since, like, Dave Minamarka the third. Didn't think about that. Kyle Lowry, we knew had injury issues. Had shown some gumption. Didn't do that in Game 7. <laughs> he was really horrible in Game 7 on both ends of the floor. And Spolster made it clear he shouldn't have been out there. Like, he shouldn't have been. Not that, oh, we're proud of him. Like, he shouldn't have. Like, it was sort of risking him to have him out there. And we all know what Jimmy Butler was. Jimmy Butler's knee was swelling every game. So somehow, with all that going on, they cut it to two. And Jimmy Butler, a guy who's hit threes in this series, who has hit big shots in this series, who has put this team on his back in this series, knows his team. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I don't know how we're here, but we're here. With 20 seconds left, if I make this three, we have a one-point lead and just have to make one stop. We don't have to play five minutes. We don't have to get it out for five minutes. We have to get out for one possession. And we just did that for two minutes. I think my guys can do one possession. But can they do five minutes? And that's where sports media guy like me didn't think. And that's where being at the game. And that's where being a part of the game changes from what we see. I was lamenting bad decision. I wasn't mad at him. It's Jimmy Butler. We, would, we and I say we, he would not have been here without him by like a lot. Like, he was, he carried the, got, Hero played like ass in before he was hurt, Bam out of bio had now, with game seven, two games, the entire playoffs where he played well on offense, he was, he's the hard and hustle, you're not paying max money for a guy to just rebound and play defense. The dude has a low, we saw it in two games in the series. Bam out of bio is a great, they get Bam out of bio into the game early, and he's aggressive, he's a top five big man, on both ends. Like, the dude's legit, he can hit the jumper, he can ball handle, he go, he can get to the basket and rebound, and play defense one through five. The dude's legit. Like people like me get frustrated at Bam not because we don't think he's good. It's the opposite. He has so much talent. It's annoying when he doesn't put it on display. Game seven, they got him involved early. He was a force, and he was what Jimmy Butler needed. But the second half, he was hit or miss. He was really good the first half. He had like twenty something. First half, third quarter, fourth quarter, Butler Bam went back to being Bam. That's the thing they have to work on with him. But Butler knew his team. I had totally thrown out the window because I get in fan mode and I'm not thinking about the injuries anymore. Look, they played hard. They don't have injuries anymore. No, they still have injuries. The injuries were there. Spolster knew this. Butler knew this. And their team knew this. And somehow they gutted it up, played great defense for three-plus minutes, played great offense for three-plus minutes, Struce hitting a shot, Lowry doing something, Butler doing something, Bam doing something. They gutted it out, and they're here. 
your best player with the ball gets a wide open three that can give you a lead and you only need to make one stop. After I heard what Spolster said, I did, I guess, a 180 because I didn't think about any of that. I was being fan, thinking about what's the best basketball. Because Van Gundy said it in the moment. Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy, in the moment was like, yeah, that wasn't a good decision. Because he wasn't even close on the three. Like, he bricked the crap out of it. Like, it was late in the game. He had no legs. He's not making that three. Like, that, when Horford literally goes back, but then lunges for him, right? So all he has to do is do a crossover there. And I'm not even Butler, but you do a crossover there, you have a layup. It's a gimme layup. Like, they can't. The paint was wide open. And it's a big who's old, an old big. Who had given him space but was nowhere near the basket. It was like the perfect situation for a crossover and a layup. But the reality is, okay, fine, you make that layup. You don't get the foul call. You now have to make a stop, which is not guaranteed. Celtics could score. But let's say you get the stop. Now you have to play five minutes. Everyone's hurt. Everyone's banged up. Now you have to play five minutes. Literally, they were, they were only doing two to three minute stretches the entire game. Like two to three minutes, then they that you could see they were just like, ugh. Then they would get it up for two or three minutes and, ugh. Well, five minutes, the Celtics are probably going to win anyways. So I'm Butler. I'm not a three-point shooter, but my guys are done. My guys are giving me everything they can. I've done everything I can. Spolster's coached out of his ass. Like, not out of his ass. Like, pulled this out of his ass and got us here. I got to make this shot and win with me or I miss a shot and lose with me. And he did. And I was frustrated in the moment because I've watched basketball my whole life. I played basketball my whole life. I know what's the right play. But again, like when LeBron would quote unquote pass up shots, is he passing up a shot or is he making the right basketball play? The right basketball play isn't just, okay, what is this situation right now? It's, okay, what is the greater image? What is the greater situation? What has happened to get here? And what is going forward? Do my guys have anything left? No. And that's where that word that I hammered in Friday that I forgot about myself, I admit it, game six and seven, that reared its ugly head. And Lowry can, Kyle Lowry's come out and said it was a waste. Good for him. I like the hunger. I like this team was built to win a title in spite of what the national media said repeatedly where they would struggle with the Hawks and lose to the Sixers. They were the number one seed. They earned the number one seed even though they were hurt all year. As much if not more than anyone. Found a way to get here. Butler has taken that step to where he was a top 15. He's a top 10 player. You do what you want. I'll take, at the end of a game, Don Kitch is great. And Joker, the Joker is great. Jokic is great. You have all, outside of Giannis and LeBron, at the end of a game, I want Jimmy Butler. Like What he does to make people better, what he does on both ends of the floor, what he does as a guy that literally his knee was done and gutted out two games to take them to the end two-point deficit with 20 seconds left, I'll take that doodle. I'll take him over anyone right now, but I could see taking Giannis or LeBron. Anyway, Steph, Giannis, LeBron, Steph, fine. But Luka, at the end of a game, and Luka's good. Luka's good. But Luka doesn't do it on both ends. Luka doesn't get you the big stop. You know, Jokic, same thing. Jokic's good defensively. He's not great. But Jamie Butler at the end of the game, I'm sorry. If you've watched him, last year wasn't his fault. They were done. They were like you saw them in this series. They were done. They had played more games than anyone. And short season comeback. It was a whole disaster. Jimmy Butler with this team, with an offseason, is that. And he's taking himself to another level. It might have been a waste for Lowry, but you know what? With everyone doubting him the whole year, including the national media, what the Heat did was spectacular. And again, I go to, if Peyton Pritchard does not trip Jimmy Butler in game three, the Heat went in six. Look, it went seven and Butler, I don't care what the hell he did in game six and seven. They shot him up with some fire. 
they won't admit it. Everyone kept giving Har- Harlan Selznick did great. What did Harlan Selznick do different in game six and seven and game four and five? What did he do different? Like, he's one of the renowned trainers. He just hit him. Look, Dwayne Wade can do a speech before a game, and and UD can be the coach on the in the game, and you can have uh, all these people coming, and Pat Riley. It's wonderful, and I'm, I'm not saying it didn't help. They did something that allowed the dude to do things in game six and seven he couldn't do in four and five. But if he doesn't get tripped in game three, he probably won in six. So, good for them. I This season was a massive success for the Miami Heat. It was impressive what they were able to do in the face of injury yet again. And everyone who slams Spo, because they're still Heat fans that slam Spo, I mailed that in years ago. Like, Eric Spoelstra is the best coach in the NBA right now. Popovich is on his way out. Kerr is shown. Kerr does a lot with, with more, which isn't easy, we found. You can have more and still not get it done. Spoelstra does a lot with it, no, whatever. <laughs> like... The fact that the Celtics, by the end of the series, were fully healthy. Their guys were doing it. Their guys looked good. The Heat were ragged, haggard, and somehow you can wake Bam up in Game 7. You can get him the ball early, which was what you need to do with a big... That's going back to the days of freaking Wilt. Big men get get disinterested. Get Get them involved early, and then you'll have them late even if it's not to score. Look what they did in Game 7. Early Bam got the ball. Bam got loosened up, got comfortable, and was a beast for about two and a half, three quarters. And Jimmy Butler was great all game. I'm excited for this team. I know people are a little, eh. I think they weren't supposed to do this this year. Oladipo, who people thought was done. People did not know what to do with him. Didn't play the entire season. And comes in in the playoffs. And it was, what, their second best defensive, third best defensive player? And made some interesting shots and had some interesting games. Just think if he has a whole healthy offseason. Or he's a free agent, right? You can package him in a deal and trade him and go and get a Mitchell or go and get a Beal. I think the Heat are in a great spot. And it's one of the rare times. And to me, I said this the last two weeks. Neither of these teams right now, as they are, were beating the Warriors as they are. The Warriors, whatever injuries they had, they shook them off. Curry looks good. Clay just had a huge game. Poole has shown himself to be legit. Draymond, who was doing all the little things, finally scored, got 17 points in a game. Like, Wiggins has been become this force defensively and, and, and scores on all. Like, the Heat right now with Lowry hurt and Butler hurt, even Butler healthy, Lowry hurt and Hero hurt, the Heat weren't going to be able to compete with the Warriors. And the Celtics are, are overrated. Like, I, and I, Celtics fans can say, oh, that's bitter. No, I mean, Middleton isn't hurt. The Bucks beat you in six. Butler doesn't get tripped. The Heat beat you in six. I mean, they do. It's just logic. So, good for the Celtics. They got there. I think the Warriors win in five. Maybe the Warriors lay up a game like we've seen and they lo- they win in six. I, the Warriors are just the best team in basketball right now. And I think the same thing. For, if the Heat had gotten there, they'd lose in five or six. So, that's why, like, I want the Heat to get there. I'd love to see the Heat there. But if you know you're... Lowry said, if you know you're not winning a, a title, it's a waste, right? Okay. They went to game seven. Two points down. 20 seconds left. Ball in your best player's hand. That's pretty good for literally, it's not a joke. Like the the last four games or the last three games, seven guys were listed as questionable. Like not probable, not eh, questionable. And that wasn't even listing Butler because Butler wouldn't allow them to list him when Butler was clearly hurt. So what the Heat did was impressive. I'm in awe of the fact that they pulled that game six out of their ass and really took game seven down the wire and almost won. And I think... I, look, I hope, I guess it's a good series, but I think the Warriors win it pretty easy. 
This is the Diva Show, by the way. Good morning. I've just spewed for 20 minutes. I just let out all my frustration as a fan and all my praise as a fan and commentator. Defo is still in Italy. He will be there until this weekend. So appreciate you riding with me. Again, hopefully everyone had a happy, healthy, safe Memorial Day weekend. Again, thank you to the troops who have given their lives so that I can sit here and talk sports and not have to worry about the things that so many other countries have to worry about. I'm grateful. I know we all are grateful, and thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. And those that are, are alive. I know that's what Veterans Day is for, but every day I'm grateful for those that do the things I wouldn't do. I admit it. I've never given a thought to being in military service. The fact that you do it so willingly, it, it is amazing. And I think we're all grateful, and thank you for what you do. Coming back, we'll switch gears a little, talk some football. I know football. Well, <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Marlins. We love the Marlins. Eh, the Marlins are horrendous. And it's really hard. Baseball's a sport that people don't really care that much about. And your team sucks. That's a really bad combination. And basketball's done down here. And the hockey's done down here. Well, you have OTAs going on. And I like, the, I like the stuff we're hearing. And I like what we're seeing from the team. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the Dolphins. And, of course, we'll talk more about the Heat. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we will have Ethan Skolnick. Mr. Five Reasons himself, our favorite when it comes to Heat Talk, Coach Rothstein, Ron Rothstein, and Ethan Skolnick know the Heat as well as anyone and are able to dissect things as well as anyone. So talk with Brett Tesla coming up and Ethan Scoops Skolnick right here at the Default Show with Luby, Ion Channel. Thank you all for tuning in. Come back right after this with the one and only Brett Tesla. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. The simple pleasures of this job, the way a stadium sounds when one of my players performs well on the field, the way we are meant to protect them in health and in injury. Less money, more attention, caring for them, caring for ourselves and the games too. The agent to the stars, the one and only Brett Tesler. Welcome back to the Defo Show. No Defo, just Luby here. 
on the Ion Channel. Appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. We do this each and every week. Right about, well, I try to do it at this time, and then Defo does what Defo does, so we don't end up getting him on for like 20 more minutes. So you're on, on time this week, Brett Tesler. Good morning, the one and only Brett Tesler. How you doing? Technical issues. Sorry, Tessman. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, we uh, will have Brett Tesler in a second, and we have Brett Tesler right now. Sorry about that, the one and only Brett Tesler. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Luby. All righty. So, uh, before we get to a little bit of football, and I do actually, it's funny, it's the, the off season, the dead season, quote unquote, but now with the Heat and the Panthers out, it's with all the excitement around the Dolphins where we turn our attention. Uh, I do want to. It's funny, I was so into the term injuries Friday because that was such a big deal with the Miami Heat. Um, we've seen that with the football world. Uh, people kept giving credit to the Heat's trainer, Harlan Selznick, for getting Butler back. To me, it felt like you play that way in game four and five, and six and seven, you play differently. You had some help. Do they still, quote-unquote, shoot people up? Like, I, I, I've been saying that for the last three days, and you're closer to this. In football, they, they take it to levels no sport takes it. Um, is that still something that happens? Like, I know we're a lot, we're a lot more cognizant of drugs and addiction in this day and age, and the NFL's been big on that. But it, to me, it feels like watching the guy in four and five and then the guy in six and seven, something else helped him and allowed him to get out there and do that. Is that something that still happens? Well, there's absolutely no question that in all sports, I mean, injuries are obviously a factor. And uh, there are, you know, a variety of pain management techniques that teams and players use together. The first thing that needs to be decided between the player and his team is, are you hurt or are you injured? Mm. You know, that's the old saying that you've always heard said. And there is a difference between the two. And if it's a situation where, it's just about managing the pain and the condition is what it is and it's probably not going to worsen, then it could make sense in a, in a, in a big game situation to, to either, you know, take some form of a bill or, you know, take a shot. Um, you know, if guys are playing through back issues, you can take epidurals. There's different things that can be done that aren't as sinister <laughs> as what you envision from, you know, the 1970s in the NFL where there's just bowls of, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, painkillers or, you know, some doctor hanging out in the locker room with a big needle and a coach telling a player, Hey, you take the shot and get back out there or you're gone. Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore. So everybody's way more educated. Uh, I think the NFL players association in our sport does a good job of, of keeping us abreast of all the different types of medications and potential hazards and, 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 and things that are, you know, more okay to take, so to speak. And so ultimately it comes down to the player. Nobody can shoot a guy or force a guy to take something against his uh, power. But at the end of the day, yes. I mean, if you're trying to get to a NBA finals or a Super Bowl or, you know, whatever the case may be in any given sport, um, players still want to win and they still understand what it takes out of them in terms of being able to kind of suck up the pain or to take something to help them make the pain more tolerable. But, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's being done these days on a much more structured and, um, 
uh, humane uh, basis. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I, I didn't figure. It was any given Sunday, and you had <laughs> them going, no, you're good, shark. I can't feel my leg. Don't worry about it. You're good. You know, like, I, I didn't, I figured the butler thing was him. Like, he would probably be like, look, he'd have been, look, the healer sat out hero in the middle of the freaking Easter Conference finals. Like, and they were very clear. Hero wanted to play, and the doctors were like, you're not playing. Like, we're not doing that to you. So I didn't think it was sinister. I just was like, they shot him with something. Like, the dude had nothing. Yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let me say, Libby, I'm really happy that you brought up on any given Sunday the, the Oliver Stone movie. So movies like that give people on the outside an absolutely horrible yep. idea about the reality of how things work in our business. And again, the movie on any given Sunday, that movie didn't come out. 40 years ago. I mean, that movie no, came nice. out, what, you know, late night, yep. late nineties, something like that. And the NFL had already changed again for the better. Um, obviously the last real issue that I think the league itself could be horribly embarrassed by is the whole concussion yep. thing. And, you know, people like Elliot Tellman that they put in charge, um, you know, real assholes. <laughs> and so the bottom line is, uh, you know, when that movie came out, and you've got James Woods' character, who's a team doctor, talking about, you know, we're not going to order a $25,000 test, meaning an MRI, <laughs> on a player. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. MRIs, even back then, were done as frequently as anything. If in doubt, anytime there was any type of a joint injury, uh, the NFL has always been very good about you know, taking advantage of all the greatest uh, in, in technological advancement. So, just things like that are really, really a uh, an inaccurate uh, look at our league, and it definitely gave people on the outside a very false um, image of how things actually work. Well, I, that's why I like that we talk to you. I know you know the game and you can analyze it, but you give us a point of view that people don't get. You know, you 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 can't always give us names, and I don't want names a lot of the time. But you can course you can correct a lot of the falsehoods that we know and that's what I like I was saying all weekend I'm like they shot him with something and I wasn't saying it to be a jerk I wasn't saying it to undermine Butler and I wasn't even saying it to be old school like they forced him Butler, we know what Jimmy Butler is we know what Jason Taylor is what Zach Thomas is like it ain't the coaches <laughs> like these guys want to be out there and the coaches a lot of time have to hold them back I figured Butler was like do it that's what I figured. And I was just curious, okay, I've been sort of spouting off at the mouth. I wonder how often it still happens because especially the NBA, the NBA has been very in front of things. The NFL is reactionary, but so much crap happened that the NFL had to sort of get out, get involved with, okay, there's a lot of drugs out there. Guys, guys like Brett Favre are getting addicted. You know, the drugs we're giving them. Are they smart? Do they work? Like, I know the NFL's done a lot of work when it comes to marijuana, THC. A lot of the ex-players are the ones or current players involved in, okay, how does this help me, CBD? So that's why I was saying it, and then I'm like, you know what, we have Brett here, let me ask. Like, I wonder how often this still happens, because I know as society we've really focused a lot on drugs, and I, I had heard that the NFL had it as well. The one thing, uh, Luby, that again has changed is athletes these days have way more power yeah. and knowledge. Yep. Uh, and resources than they ever have in history. Uh, better agents, I would like to think. Yep. Better players associations in terms of their knowledge and, and their power. And so one thing I can assure you, nobody forced 
Jimmy Butler to do anything he didn't want to do or any other player for that matter. And, and, and especially a player of Jimmy Butler's level, you know, maybe guys that are lower on the totem pole, guys who are borderline, you know, roster guys, those guys on their own might decide, Hey, I need to do this. Cause you know, how the old saying goes, you can't make the club in the tub. Yep. So if a guy is on a you know borderline guy, then he himself may be willing to do something that, Maybe a 35 year old veteran with, you know, $70 million in the bank wouldn't necessarily be yeah. as open to doing, but it's still a personal choice. Nobody forces anybody to do anything. Obviously, I'm aware of, of everything that relates to my client's health. And if they are going through any type of a condition, something as basic as a, you know, mild uh, hamstring strain or obviously something far more superior, uh, I'm sorry, far more far more severe yeah. uh, I'm aware of everything and we talk about it and we make the decision that ultimately they are comfortable with providing that again they're not putting themselves in harm's way or putting themselves in long-term jeopardy we are talking with NFL agent to the stars Brett Tesler brought to you in part by Michael D. Wild will and trust attorney brought, brought to you fully by Michael D. Wild and we'll definitely talk a little bit about Michael D. Wild. And I, I want to touch on football a little bit, but I'm just intrigued by this because you do have such an, a keen perspective that we don't get. You said it's players' decision, and it is. Like you said it. And it's not just basketball anymore. The football with the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's. We're seeing the stars use their weight. Kyle Murray, who hasn't even won anything yet, use their weight in ways they never had when it came to the NFL. What pressure is still there, though? And I get it. The team doesn't tell them what to do. <laughs> Is there still a pressure or that even that is gone? Like, like have they pulled back all the way? Like, from what you know, what is still there from the team when these injuries pop up? The pressure, like we talked about, Luby, ultimately comes down to the player. Okay. Meaning if the player is in a situation where he's competing for a roster spot and it's going to be close and he realizes that he has to be able to get out there and contribute – that's pressure enough for any player. And so again, if it's a situation where it's a minor thing that can be treated and can allow him to go out and do what he needs to do without risking further injury, then it's something you consider. If it's a situation where a player is approaching the postseason or, or, or a championship game of some sort, that's a lot of pressure. It's the pressure to be able to be there, you know, for your teammates, for your coaches, fans, everybody. And so these, these are things that every player feels under normal circumstances. And again, the larger the game, the more willing a guy might be to do something, again, that at the end of the day isn't going to be a poor decision, not going to be something that's going to risk his long-term health or put his career in harm's way. All right, so we've talked with you a lot about the Miami Dolphins. Um, what I find interesting, and it's so often we sitting out here analyzing sports, whether it's fans, media, you know, even people in the game, uh, so often are confused when players need to be motivated. Players need pats on the back. You're making the money. You're a star. That's your pat on the back. And so often the last few years, Tua sort of came under this idea of don't worry about how he's being treated. Don't worry about the Fitzpatrick thing. He's a big boy. And he handled it well. He never griped. He never bitched and moaned. But... So often, even guys like LeBron James and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to this day still bitches that he was a six-round pick, okay? These guys, Michael Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech, the greatest ever, and he was considered the greatest ever the majority of his career, still complained about not making his freshman basketball team. 
So even the best ever who shouldn't need motivation clearly do. I asked you about this last week, and I just find it in- interesting that all we're hearing, it's not even praise about Tua. It's like glowing. <laughs> like Tyreek Hill wants you to know that he throws a great ball, wants you to know he has a great arm. Like unsolicited. Like these aren't even in interviews. These are just on Twitter just because the guy he, like literally came here thinking he would have a guy with a rag arm, and he's like, oh, shoot, this – Kids legit. Like all everyone's standing up for him in a way we haven't seen it. You're around these athletes. Like, how often does it happen that these Uber Macho type A guys still need a little you know what? Good job there, Johnny. Yeah, I mean I think everybody, myself included, I think yourself, I think everybody enjoys um praise and enjoys respect and appreciation and validation, so to speak. Um, I always like to know that my work is appreciated and that I have the support and the respect of my clients. And so I would say it's not a coincidence that the greatest basketball player of all time got cut by his <laughs> high school or, or didn't make the varsity high school team. I think it's not a coincidence that the greatest quarterback, greatest maybe football player of all time uh, was a late round pick. I think it's not a coincidence that Wayne Gretzky probably the most dominant in the history of all oh, professional yeah. sports, mm-hmm. statistically speaking. Anyway, um, I believe early on in his career, he was sort of a little kid that yeah. I think scored one goal in his first season of organized hockey. He wasn't really good. Um, and he had some struggles early. Those are the things that never leave you. Yeah. And so I, I do believe there is certainly something to it. Uh, and as far as what people are saying about Tua, I think, there's some truth to it. I don't think Tyreek Hill would be coming out. This guy's got a good arm and he throws a beautiful ball. If he's out there in practice every day throwing ducks, ducks yeah. you know? <laughs> so I think, I, I think, I think, you know, there may be something to it, but yes, on the other hand, it does seem like they're a little overly effusive yeah. in their praise. Uh, this isn't something, you know, you would hear for a player coming into green Bay talking about, how good Aaron Rodgers is, you don't need to say it because everybody knows it. And so in this situation, obviously, they're trying to uh, build the confidence of their uh, young franchise quarterback. Uh, Tyreek Hill's success depends on a guy like Tua playing confidently and, uh, and, and playing at the highest level. So I think it's good to see. I'd rather have teammates coming out over the top saying, what a good leader a guy is, what a good ball he throws, what a good arm he has than someone coming out and basically saying the guy stinks. And even though even though Tyreek Hill wouldn't come out and say that publicly, it gets out. Yep. A guy like Tyreek Hill would certainly be saying it to people in his circle. It would certainly be getting out to the media. And so as long as fans are not hearing stuff like that, I would much rather hear a player go over the top in their praise for a guy as opposed to uh, you know saying something negative behind the scenes or not saying anything at all. A guy that goes over the top for you to this day, Defo raves about the stuff. Look, he's still dealing with stuff. If we've lost family members, we all know. They, even when you have a will, a great will and trust attorney, and you have everything set up, they still throw probate. They throw a lot of stuff at you even well after, God rest their soul, they're gone. Michael D. Wild, will and trust attorney, will estate, a trust, does, does it all, and he's worked with Brett, he's worked with 
Dave Floyd's worked with a ton of athletes. He's worked with a lot of people around South Florida. And if you need any help, he can work with you. Brett knows him individually, personally, uh, Defo as well. And they, they not only sing their praises, they are grateful to their core for everything he's done for them and with them. Yeah, and it's really a great point you brought up there, Luby, about you know, sometimes estate planning is an ongoing process. Um, in many cases, it's something that can be very simple. You know, the type of work that most people out there need just to get a basic, you know, will and a trust on a trust and, and, and a will it, it, to protect their family. It's something that's very affordable, very quick. And that's why you can just reach out to Michael Wild at South Florida Wills with an S dot com and, uh, and get that stuff taken care of by all means. But if it does become something more complex, something ongoing, you know, Michael Wilde's going to be there. Uh, he's one of the absolute most accessible people uh, that I deal with in any profession. And, uh, and that's why, again, anybody out there listening that needs to look into this stuff, reach out to him at SouthFloridaWills.com. Well, and that's what I think of is cool uh, from what he does to this day. Like, it, Devo's mom passed, what, a year, two years ago? Uh, I think a, at least a year ago. And to this day, whenever something pops up, Michael D. Wilde's there for them. Like, he, his job with you and for you doesn't end, sadly, when your loved one passes. You know, like, when you need him, he's yeah. there. And I, I think that's amazing. And that's why we're big fans of him. He's become a dear friend. And that's why we're proud to have him supporting you each and every week. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. Hopefully you, again, happy birthday to your amazing wife. And hopefully you had a great Memorial Day. And we will talk to you next Tuesday, my friend. All right, Luby. Have a great week. Be well, sir. The one and only Brett Tesler joining me here on the Defoe Show with no Defoe. Just Luby. Uh, coming up at 8.05, we talk with the one and only Ethan Scoop Skolnick. The Miami Heat are out. Was a valiant effort. Was amazing. What did we miss? He was going to the games. He was covering them. He's been covering the team a long time. He has ends with the organization. He's actually really cool with Pat Riley himself. Knows Spolstra very well since before Spolstra was the head coach for the Miami Heat. So... What did we miss that he knows? And what are some of the things going forward? My dad's throwing Joel Embiid. I don't know if they need Joel Embiid. The the, the murmurs of Bradley Beal the last couple of years are getting louder and louder. And he now have a team that's right there. And a guy like Bradley Beal would put them over the top. And they have pieces to go get a Bradley Beal. Donovan Mitchell is not happy in Utah. He's been rumored to want to come to Miami for years. We love the offseason. Devo makes fun of me, but we love the offseason, especially when the Heat are competitors, contenders. And when Riley loses to the Celtics like that, Pat Riley is not going to rest on his laurels. So we know it should be a very interesting offseason. We'll talk with Ethan Scoop Skolnick, Mr. Five Reasons himself, coming up at 8.05. Again, like we talk about every day, you can find our South Florida-influenced content right there. Go to Five Reasons Sports, Defo Show with Luby. And you can check us out our our national podcast, exclusive content, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, the Believe Network. And we're here each and every day, Google the Defoe Show. Coming up, I'll talk a little bit more about the Miami Heat. And then we'll have the one and only Ethan Skolnick. Defoe is in Italy. I haven't heard from him. So I presume it's going well. Like when it's going badly and poorly, I hear from him. When it's going great, I hear from him. So when it's in the middle is when he's doing his thing overseas, your phone works for, to, to a certain extent, and you get Wi-Fi usually at night. I haven't checked in with him, but I think, <laughs> I think he's okay. There's not a lot of gambling, so it's not his dream. But uh, he loves good wine. He loves cool people. He loves great food. Italy, you're getting that each and every day wherever you go, especially between Venice, Rome, 
and Florence Tuscany. So good for him. Happy he's there. Happy to be with you. Hopefully everyone had a safe, healthy, and happy Memorial Day. Again, thank you to all those that did the ult give the ult the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives to secure this country so we I again and we can live freely in a way that a lot of people don't in this world. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Coming up next, more of me here on the Default Show with Luby. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Catholic Health Services is committed to care that changes as your needs do. Our full continuum of services is designed to be there throughout your care journey. If you need assistance with daily living, post-acute care following a serious health event, or additional medical care at home, we also offer skilled nursing and palliative and hospice care. Your care needs may change, but our commitment never does. Catholic Health Services, South Florida's number one choice for post-acute and end-of-life care. Visit catholichealthservices.org. Are we all in stable but critical condition? Is that the way all life is, Libby, in in a general, more figurative sense? Would you say you're in stable but critical condition? I believe you are right now on the threshold of getting married uh, in the early portion of 2021. Don't you think it's a little soon, kid? You barely know this woman. What are you doing? We've been together four years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you know enough. Uh, How long do you want her to put up with me? (laughs) Is it you that's pushing for this? equal we're both very happy and in love it's very gross oh my god all right it's a foreign concept uh, you have to understand where i'm coming from over two of the walk and you know right now i think i got a three two count and i've married from three but, and only because of the benefit of a really poor call on a ball that was clearly right down the middle of the plate you know one of those angel hernandez calls Get out of here. enjoy your trip to work with lots of laughs thanks to defo and luby now on the defo show Welcome back, one and all, to the Default Show. No Default, just Lou. Be coming up in about 10 minutes. We will, by we, I mean me, I, but we. I'll talk to him, but you'll be involved in Shrangi and uh, the great Julian will have their commentary and appreciate. Whoever watches us, definitely appreciate it. And if you take it to the next level and you chat, it means the world. So thank you so much for joining in, being a part of the Default Show with Luby. Working on growing, taking that next step. The digital world, here we come. So thank you one and all for uh, starting your week off because hopefully, hopefully most of you had yesterday off. If you had to work yesterday, appreciate that you went out there and did your thing. Uh, keep your week going this morning. But those of you who are, who are waking up this morning, if they pull yourself off the mat Tuesday morning, it was a very interesting weekend in the sense that the Heat won a ridiculous game Friday, proving the media wrong, a lot of fans wrong. Players wrong, literally Draymond Green coming out saying, no, he ended up being right. He said, we're gonna, he just said, we're gonna play the Celtics. He didn't say when. He didn't say how many games it would be. So he was right. 
But thank you, Draymond, because between you, Dwayne, Haslam, Riley, Selznick, Brett, Brett Tesler, the agent of the stars who just joined me, made me feel confident when I, I said all weekend, oh, they shot him with some good, good. Good, good. The dude couldn't get to the basket. He couldn't finish a jumper for two straight games. Game six, he, he's dunking on people. He's he's crossing people over. He's hitting the mid-range. He's blocking shots. He's stealing the ball. He's putting a 47-9-8 in Boston Garden, uh, winning by almost double digits, like doing everything. A one-man friggin' show with a little bit of help from Lowry and Struess uh, to get to game seven. And game seven, he does it again, puts up 30-something in the first three quarters, has 35, good assists, good rebounds, playing defense, leading the charge. Yeah, they shot him with something. <laughs> like, I wasn't even trying to be, I wasn't trying to undermine him. I wasn't trying to say drugs are good or bad. I wasn't saying anything. I was saying as a guy who's watched sports, and I didn't think it was James Woods in any given Sunday. I figured, they're telling Butler, I don't know, and Butler's like, no, no. He played the entire game. The Game six, he played like 45, 48 minutes. Game seven, he played 48 or 48 minutes. He played all, he never missed a minute. Never missed a minute. Even LeBron would miss a minute. Like, that was Herculean, not heroic. He tried to be heroic with that three-pointer. That was Herculean. What Jimmy Butler did, this these playoffs was scintillating. And he has taken himself from a top 15, 20 player to a top 10 player. There's other names that put up more points and get more attention. Last game, a major series, he did it with the same. He had Ben Simmons, who was an all-NBA player, joined the all-NBA player, the player that led them and almost took out the eventual champion Raptors in the second round a few years ago was Jimmy Butler. Goes to Miami. Now they've gone to an Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 and an NBA Finals. And uh, I'm scared for the NBA next year because this team is going to be angry. And this team angry and hungry is a very scary thing. So Jimmy Butler's a top-10 player. Uh, I'm, he's Look, whoever wants to give Jason Tatum credit and Devin Booker, really good players. Really great talents. Jason Tatum has grown and is better than I thought he would be. And Devin Booker, we all know what I thought of him. He's way better. Neither of them is the all-around player Jimmy Butler is. And I know in this world, it's all Luka, and Luka's great. But offense, as we see when it gets to this point, even Steph Curry plays a little defense. Like, when you get here, defense matters. And the Heat, the defense sets up the offense. When the Heat, that three-plus-minute stretch where they cut 11-point lead down to two was defense. They started playing sound. Like... This this crap where they leave the shooter and help, but then they don't help because the guy with the ball still really has a one-on-one, so now the shooter's wide open too, is undisciplined and garbage. When they were playing disciplined defense, which they did the last three-plus minutes, they went on a sick run and they almost won game seven and found themselves in the finals to be the fodder for the Warriors. Because that's where it comes to me is like, look, you want to be in the finals, uh, blaming, especially the Boston Celtics. Their fans suck. And, and I love Visserbama, but Boston Celtics fans are insane. And all fans are. That's why it's fan is short for fanatic. Boston Celtics fans really definitely get theirs in there. And I can see why a lot of people can't stand Boston teams. Whenever we play their teams and it's close, you see the, the fans bubble up and it's like, dude, what are you guys talking about? Like, it's clear that he'd hurt. Like, I'm sorry. You can call it excuse or you want. The Heat are injured, and the Celtics are nowhere near as injured. Did the Heat trip one of their players and him fall on his knee and be different the rest of the series? Did that happen? Because I didn't see that. I saw it from the other perspective. So anyways, their fans are interesting. So I was very hoping, for many reasons, that the Heat got to the finals. 
But in the end, I thought both of these teams, the way the Warriors are healthy now, everyone's hitting on all cylinders. You have Draymond now scoring. Clay was not himself. Well, then he goes and hits eight threes in a game. Steph is back and doesn't have to do everything because Jordan Poole's there now. Wiggins is what Iguodala was, but younger and even more athletic because Iguodala came there when he was a little bit older. Like, this team is scary right now. I don't know what they are going forward. That And that's the thing. I will talk coming up in a few minutes. We'll talk with Ethan Skolnick. Uh, five Reasons Sports Network. Um, and you can catch us each and every day with our self content. Again, Five Reasons Sports Network. Uh, their YouTube. They do really great things there. And I know he has uh, his next thing. It's not only in the works. I think it's sort of out, but, you know, in the early phases. Um, but, like, you you just saw and you see with this team that, like, they, they were there and they were gutting it out and they were doing their best and they just they fell short. And the injuries... Caught up with them, but going forward, it's funny. A lot of people see that. Oh, they're done. I'm like, what? This they weren't supposed to do that. So you people don't remember going into this season, like what the expectations were. You people don't remember when they were the number one seed. How little credit they got. Like they just made the Eastern Conference Finals while being hurt. Just think with an off season of Oladipo healthy. Oladipo has never been healthy with the Heat. Like he's healthy now. Like you can see he's healthy. But when you don't play for two years, your offensive game, your defensive game comes back. It's just effort, right? Your offensive game is time and practice. A healthy offseason, everyone's writing up because he's a free agent, he's going to get a lot of money. Yeah, but he'd have his bird rights. Like, if you can have a healthy Oladipo with a healthy Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry talking about it was a waste to lose. All right, Kyle Lowry, go get in the gym. You're overweight, you're slow, yeah, you're older, but with this team, you don't have to be the main dude. You don't have to be the second dude. But you can be the third or fourth guy. If it's a waste losing, I love it. I love the hunger. I love the passion from Kyle Lowry. Okay. Well, come on, bud. Where are you? You know, everyone's writing you off. You, you put some games together this season. You were playing. You were starting to play well until you got hurt versus the Hawks and then obviously with the hamstring. But you know what? Hamstring's a kind of injury that comes when you're out of shape. You don't see LeBron getting hamstrings. Okay. Some injuries just happen. Some injuries, when you're in better shape, you can avoid them. So... Get in shape, Kyle Lowry. So, uh, bam. Again, we saw two out of the seven game. Well, two out of the entire playoffs. So, I don't even... That's math that I'm not doing right now. But two games, he played great. The rest, he was really good defensively and decent at rebounding and set a tone. But what you saw in game three and game seven, bam, could do every night. It was literally just effort. But he does need to get the ball early, get into the flow, and then wake up. And that's a Kyle Lowry's job and an old people. But to me, if they keep this roster together, guys grow again. Because look, Struess, Vincent, uh, Martin were three guys that no one gave a crap about. They were playing big minutes in the Eastern Conference Finals and making big plays. So with that experience, this team should only be better. Now, the reality is Pat Riley likes big game hunting. We know that. Bradley Beal's been sitting there. Donovan Mitchell's been sitting there. Both are very unhappy. Both fit really well with the Heat. And both should fit really well with Jimmy Butler. So, they may even step it up even more. And so, to me, whereas normally uh, you're despondent after a loss and you're you're sad and you're hurt, I, I, I don't feel any of that. Like, I, I watched this team give it everything they had. And they should have lost in five the way the injuries were. The fact they took it to seven. The fact that they... Didn't blame anybody. Like, I blamed the injuries. They never did. They, they, they never did. Like, they didn't, they literally looked like we lost, we gave one away. 
We, Butler said, I should have done more. The dude played 48 minutes. He didn't have Lowry. He didn't have Tucker. He didn't have Hero. And Shrews was banged up too. And they were two points down with 20 seconds left with him having the ball. And he played 48 minutes. Like, how could, how could he have done more? The dude got tripped, was not the same, yet played it, played it every game and figured out how to work around the injury, whether it's getting shot up, motivation, the team, whatever it was to be a beast and almost go to the finals. Like, he couldn't have done more, but they didn't make excuses. This organization doesn't and this team doesn't. So I'm stoked. And I think the Panthers scare me. And that's why the Panthers was so defeating to me. Because it was effort. It looked like that team was just shell-shocked. The Lightning have won before. The Lightning are big and tough. And the Heat, the Panthers were the more talented team this year. Like they were. And it didn't matter. The Panthers looked like the, the Lightning were missing their, one of their best players. The Heat, the Panthers had everyone. They looked shell-shocked. That's why to me the Heat, when I was predicting they'd lose game six and I was okay with it, was because this team had done more than they were supposed to. This team has been hurt the entire playoffs. This team has been hurt the entire year. And all they did was shut people up. All they did was play harder than everyone. So that's why I was, fr- that's why the Panthers was more frustrating than the Heat to me. Because one team looked like they left everything out there and the other team looked like they went to the corner and were scared to death. Which, when they were the better team. They were more, maybe not better. They were the more talented. Now Vasilevsky's the best goalie in hockey and Bobrovsky's fine, but he's not great. But, they were, I mean, their defense was lazy. Their offense had been amazing all season. It was literally the best offense in like 25 to 30 years. And they were not doing any of the things they did in the regular season. The Heat were better. <laughs> so it's, to me, a positive that the Heat were able to do all the things they did this year. They were not expected to do it. The Everyone grew. Hero became a 20-point-a-game scorer. Hero was his man of the year. Bam took his defense to another level. During the regular season, he was averaging 19 and 10. The playoffs was spotty, but his defense, his leadership, his heart and hustle was there. And then you saw in spots what he could do offensively, giving you hope. Oladipo, who was supposed to be written off and done, literally played every game, had big moments offensively in, in the games, and was a lockdown monster defensively. Showing you he's healthy, so now with an offseason, what can he do? Lowry had his big moments, had big spots in game six, made a huge three after Derek White hit a three to take the three-point lead. Lowry comes down, hits a three around the four-minute mark, and it woke the heat back up, and they went on to eventually win that game. Like, all that I thought this season could be happened and more, I think it can only be better next year. And now, and Riley's pissed. Riley hates the Celtics. Riley hates the Celtics. So to go down like that, it, to me, it makes me excited for what this offseason is going to be. But we do have a finals coming up. The Warriors, the Celtics. We will talk a little bit about that. Ethan Skolnick, Ethan Scoop Skolnick will be joining me shortly. Appreciate everyone. No Defo. It is Luby. But I appreciate everyone tuning in. Hopefully everyone had a healthy, a safe, and a, and a good. I know what we're paying homage to on Memorial Day. But you get a day off, right? Most of you. You're hopefully with family and friends having a good time. Hopefully you had a good Memorial Day. Appreciate you, you starting your week or continuing your week continuing your week with me right here i am channel the defoe show no defoe just luby coming up next we'll talk more heat and we'll talk a little nba finals with one and only five reasons him man himself ethan scoops skolnick hey folks tony segreto here let me ask you a question what do you look for when you go out to eat 
good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305 305- Four five three nine zero six six. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee for you call insurance company call horizon public adjusters and justina testa at 954-809-8752 on the local scene the heat of course making changes i I read a very encouraging article about the heat's prospects not to win the championship so much but to at least be a very very big factor in the eastern conference mike lubilowitz you'll be happy to note that uh, somebody actually agreed with your opinion a lot of people said that they have an interesting team and like you said they're the toughest team in the nba you wouldn't want to meet this team down an alley. No, I mean, this is a team that's going to treat everybody the way Tyson treated Mitch Blood Green if they meet in an alley. The best way to kick off your day is with Defoe plus Luby. We now return to the Defoe Show. Morning, 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 one and all. Welcome back to the Defoe Show. No Defoe, just Luby here. On Ion Channel, you can always catch us each and every day with our South Florida content on this man network. Many men, many people's network now, but he started it. Five Reasons Sports were there each and every day. The one and only Ethan Scoop Skolnick joins me now. Good morning, Ethan. How you doing? Good morning, Mr. Luby. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is everybody's network, right? I don't even know what's on there. (laughs) I just just turned it over. These guys guys and gals you have working there do a great job, and we're really appreciative to be a part of it and happy to be a part of it. So thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me this morning. All right, so let's get to it. It was a very interesting weekend. I was very loud and clear about how I felt about the Miami Heat going into the weekend, and you, I give you credit, and you were the first one to talk about the injuries, but you also were like, you would, what you've done all season, point out with the national media saying you were one of the first early people to point out what Draymond said and to point out how everyone had written him off. And I, a heat lifer as a fan, had written him off because of what we saw in game four and five. And Jimmy Butler did what we've seen so many times since his Philadelphia and his heat days, put this team on his back. Before we get to Sunday, what were you hearing about the heat Friday that had you going? Okay, because it seemed like you were trying to calm everyone down a little bit and telling us this could be different than what we've seen in game four and five. Well, I'd heard that his knee felt a little better. Um, so that that's kind of where it started. You know, I, I think that if you look at if you look at the totality of their season, um, the one thing that they were was resilient. You know, we can talk about changes that they may need to make. 
And I'm sure that's coming on our network. People are already starting it. But, you know, I think that <laughs> I think it started before it ended. But yeah. I, I think when you look at just the, the collective character of the team, um, there was no question whether this team would fight. I, I think we've seen a couple of heat teams recently. I think last year's team was kind of tired and yep. you knew that they were done uh, this year. You know, they were geared up for a long run. And, you know, we thought that this was a team that was built for the playoffs. Um I think as it turned out, it might have been a little bit more built for the regular season than we anticipated and maybe a little less for the playoffs. And I think that's something that they're going to need to address. I always use the phrase because it's a Pat Riley phrase, uh, the playoffs tell. And, you know, the the playoffs told you a lot about a lot of these guys. And, you know, when, when you have certain guys who step up and certain ones who don't, you know, what they do in the 82, it's not necessarily it doesn't matter. It does matter. But you're ultimately, you know, ultimately what the Heat are trying to build, and and I've had this conversation with people internally before this, uh, which is, you know, you're trying to build a team of, okay, who are going to be Eric Spolster's options at the end of a close game in the playoffs? Yep. You know, how how many good options does he have? Okay. And I think when we got to it by the end, you know, I'm not sure you can even get up to one hand, you know? And, and so, so I, th- I think that's where uh, some of this stuff is going to change. Um, the fact that he really only played, you know, six and a half or seven guys in game seven. Now Boston did too. Yeah. Um, but the difference is that Boston in game seven, um, they got something from all of them. Yep. Uh, the heat, the heat did not, you know, you look across Boston's rotation, you know, they got 40-plus minutes from Horford. Uh, Grant Williams gave him decent minutes. Robert Williams gave him good minutes. Um, you know, Pritchard was really the eighth. He hardly played. He but if play you look at the others, team. like, if, if you look at the others, you know, they all, you know, and, and obviously Derek White gave him good minutes. And so, you know, Miami, you look across their rotation, and all right, well, Caleb didn't play in game seven. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, Hero yeah, was pretty much unplayable before the injury and then after the injury. Duncan <laughs> Robinson – uh, was unplayable throughout the playoffs. And so, you know, Deadman, you know, had been playable, kind of hit the wall. So, I mean, really by the end, who was he left with? You know, he was left with playing Jimmy 48 minutes. Um, he was left with Kyle playing when he probably shouldn't have. Yep. You know, Gabe Gabe acquitted himself well during the playoffs. I thought Max had ups and downs, but 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 he, he kind of pushed through them. Yep. But – but I think when you look at it, you know, I think they're going to have to decide, okay, how many of these guys can we trust in close minutes of a, of a, of an important game? And I, I think that's where the changes are going to come. Well, and I definitely, definitely, and I love where you're going because that's, Diego makes fun of me. I always think about the off season and love it more than the regular, more than the season half the time, especially since 2010 with the heat, they've made the off season as interesting as the season. But before we go there, I did want to move on to game seven because it it's so funny. I was so into the injuries game front game six, and I had written them off that once game six happened, I forgot about the injuries. I'm like, oh well, they can do it now. They're good, right? Which right. was not the case. They were still there. They were still a factor, and they reared their ugly head the entire game in game seven, and it led to one moment that people have debated that I've actually come back around on the big the three pointer with 20 seconds left for Jimmy Butler, and in the moment right after, I had lots of things to say. And then Eric Spolstra was not giving excuses. He was honest. And when he yeah. spoke after the game, I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't realize Tucker didn't play the entire second half. And Hero didn't play right. 
for three quarters, and Lowry should never even play. Like, they weren't even saying, oh, he's a warrior. They were saying, no, he shouldn't have been out there. It's like, okay, so how are they supposed to play five minutes of overtime? <laughs> like, right. And Jimmy right. knows this, and Jimmy sees his team will themselves for three minutes, and he has a shot to give them a lead, just play one more play, and you go to the finals, and he has to right. take it. And I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't even think about the – you just think about – because the basketball play, he had an old man who's unathletic, mm-hmm. Outside the paint, it's an easy layup, and their defense probably could have got a stop. Okay, now you have to play five minutes. And I didn't even think about that. He defended the shot, everyone defended it, and it actually makes sense now knowing the totality of what was going on with the whole roster. Yeah, I think there's a couple elements to this. Um, one thing is I think I think Jimmy might have taken that shot even if you weren't dealing with all that. Okay. So I think that's something that needs to be considered. Okay. Um, but But in the context of that, it does make more sense, right? Uh, but here's the other part. If you just look at the play itself, just don't even go past it. Bam um, did an incredible job defending on the other end. Yes. But but he hadn't started to move up the court yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyle was moving up the court, but, I mean, I'm literally saying this. He was waddling. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean he, he, he was several steps behind <laughs> Jimmy and not in a particular rush. Yeah. So the only guys you had running up court were him were Oladipo and Struess. And if you look at Struess, he was kind of doubled. Like yep. they, 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 Miami really didn't have numbers. Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't really know what you're going to do with Oladipo there because, to be honest, on offense, I don't know what you're going to do with Oladipo the whole time. I, the, the, you know, kind of a lot of what we talked about with Vic played itself out uh as the series went on which was this about Vic. Vic's defense, no question about it. Okay, he he defended his ass off. Uh they probably don't get as far as they do without him as a result of that, especially with Hero yep. being a non-factor. They needed somebody to plug in. But offensively, it only really worked for Depot this year when Jimmy wasn't playing. Mm. Uh otherwise, he was kind of bouncing into Jimmy and Lowry and it was just iso. If you look at the game he had in the series, it was the game they were down uh, you know, 30 in the first quarter, yeah, yeah. and then they just let Vic ISO. But, like, otherwise, he just doesn't really fit mm. yet in the context of their offense. Um, and, and this was this was something, you know, you, if you re-sign him, and that's a discussion they'll have, obviously, then you have a training camp to work on it. But they didn't have it, and that's yep. one of the reasons they pulled – that Eric pulled him out of the rotation in the first place with three weeks left in the season. So you look at Vic, I mean, what was his role going to be on that play? So – if you're Jimmy and you're in rhythm, you're feeling good. You've got the home crowd behind you. Maybe you are thinking in the back of your head about the fact that you're down bodies. I I think it was more so that he was just down bodies on that play. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, you know, more so than down bodies in the overtime. And so you pull up. Do I love the shot? No. Um, would I have been stunned if he made the shot? No. no. I mean, he missed it. He missed it front rim. Okay. I, I think that tells you again. You were at a point there where, you know, there was fatigue. You played 48 um, minutes. Played, <laughs> played every minute. And, and, and so, so, so I, I just think that, you know, played every minute on a, on a knee that's still not right, that I still think a week or two from now we're going to get a release saying that, you know, you had it cleaned up. I, it's not major surgery, but he needs no, it no. cleaned up. So, so, you know, you didn't have time to do that during the playoffs. So basically I, I don't have a big issue with the shot. Um, I think if you look at that game, you can pretty much make an argument they shouldn't have been in it yep. to begin with. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the, the big thing that, that they will try to figure out this offseason is why the three-point shooting fell apart. Yeah. 
Um, you know, because their defense gave them a chance to compete. Even in the last game, they only gave up 100. Mm. Okay. I mean, it's not like they were giving up 115, 120, getting blown off the floor. Nope. Uh, you look at the game, in, the previous game in Miami, they're up 42 37 at the half. Their defense gave them a chance to compete. They just struggled to make shots. Mm. Now, why the number one three point shooting team in the league fell off a cliff uh, in the playoffs? The whole playoffs. Is, the whole playoffs now, but if you look at it individually, it starts to make some sense. Yeah. Okay, whatever you think of Duncan's season, he did shoot thirty-seven percent from three on high volume. Mm. Okay, so that's a big chunk of that number that he just what player wasn't being used anymore. Uh, Struess's numbers fell off. Vincent's numbers fell off. That was kind of predictable because it's their first playoff run. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy was taking more threes, which should be a bad thing for your percentage, but actually his percentage was okay. So you really kind of throw that out. But the real thing that hurt them from three was Kyle's fall off and Tyler's fall off. Yep. Those are the two numbers. If you look at overall, that's really, I mean, Struess and Vincent was someone expected. So, okay. So what are we saying about that? Is, is, did, was it injuries for both of them? Remember Tyler was hurt after he wasn't playing. Kyle, (laughs) Didn't shoot the ball particularly well the first two games of the playoffs before he got hurt. So that's what they've got to evaluate. Do they have enough three-point shooting? And the other thing they've got – and also Oladipo took more threes than he did in the regular (laughs) season. That also hurts your percentage because he's not a good three-point shooter really. So, you know, he can be but not consistently. So that's kind of – to me, that's – if you just break it down like brass tacks, okay, what – what did them in? Oh, and PJ Tucker's number fell off too. Yeah. So like, it, it, so if you look at it, you say what what hurt them in the playoffs? They didn't shoot threes well. If they had more games where they shot threes well, they'd probably be in the finals right now. Um, you can't go through a prolonged sh- a slump like that. They got by Atlanta basically because they knew that the Hawks only had one guy who could hurt them. So yeah. they so they defended him. They got by Philly and large. Well, partly it was Embiid. Part of it was Harden being ineffective. Part of it was just you know they out they out hustled that team, which I think we expected. Um, but but against a, a team that was going to match you from an effort perspective and a defensive perspective, you need to make threes, and they just didn't make threes. And that that is, uh, we can talk about all the rest of this stuff, but yeah. you know they've got they, they've you know with three level scorer somebody can get to the rim. They had some of that. They just did not make three point yep. shots. That that basically what happened. Well, and that's the thing that's supposed to have been their issue in the past was a guy that can create his own shot. That actually wasn't. I kept I'm like no guys are getting to the basket. They're not hitting shots. They just can't score. And some of it, I'm sure, is injuries. But you're right. Like, Hero, and that's, I guess, the big question mark, that Hero and Duncan are the things that I guess they have to figure out because, like you said, Vincent sort of rose to the occasion. Oladipo is a guy who didn't play all year, at least defensively. And he had some moments offensively, rose to the occasion. You know, Lowry shouldn't have been out there, but at least had some moments. And he's someone that has a lot of question marks around them, major question marks around him. Hero was the sixth man of the year. Hero was their second leading scorer, and yeah. you predicted and were close. He almost was their leading scorer, yeah. and he was useless in the playoffs. It was really weird, and he's a guy that's so full of swagger. He didn't have any of it, and now this is the second playoffs in a row, and he was healthy until the final of the conference finals. So now, whereas I, before we talk to you, I'm always excited, and you get me not sad, but like, okay, here's the reality. I think they have a lot to work off of going forward, but like you said, they have a lot of question marks. What are the biggest question marks? Because people are already talking about guys like Embiid I haven't heard much about, but Beal, no. the Mitchell thing hanging. Embiid is not good. 
Well, I don't want him to be. Trading Joel no, there's no reason for them to. But it doesn't matter. Like, I would. Right. We don't need bigs. <laughs> like, this game right. isn't about the big. The game. It's just not even a, a, a big like Embiid. Like, the team doesn't need to be. It's Bill and Mitchell, whatever. So, with all that, with the hero, where they've been in the past, not really wanting to get rid of him, and he grew, but he still is this. Bam is a guy that is aggressive, dependent on how people get him the ball, which is what you've talked about so much. Where are they now? And what do you look? Because Riley isn't going to lose the Celtics and sit rest on his role. Like that's not happening. So, like, what are what are your expectations? What are you hearing? What are some of the things you think that they're going to try and do and may actually be able to do? Well, it feels a little bit to me like 2005, where they got to the conference finals, had injuries. That time it was Dwayne. Yeah. Obviously, he was hurt, um, but played in Game Seven, and uh, and then you know Pat changed the whole thing in the yep. off season. You know, with, with with Dwayne and Shaq as the pillars, and he brought in five guys. Um, you know, I I think that there are always going to be questions about the Bam Jimmy build because offensively they tend to take turns they don't they don't, yeah. they don't really fit perfectly on offense uh, we did crazy thing is game seven is one of the few games they did. It was like okay those two guys <laughs> did it yeah. um but so but I, I think that that will be the build here now kyle's money is kyle's money and i i, I don't know who's taking kyle's money so so i, I feel like you're there so really i mean we, we're just going to keep coming back to the same thing here you know which is you know, Bam and Jimmy need a guy who can consistently score to kind of make the thing work. And is Tyler that guy or not now? Now, this is not a question of whether Tyler will become that guy. It's a question of, is he on Jimmy's timeline? It's a question we've asked a lot. Now, this year, it looked like he was. Um, the, the, The playoffs were disappointing. Now, you can point to particular reasons for it. Uh, one reason that the playoffs were disappointing uh, was for him was because of the way he was guarded, which was different. And, you know, um, Philadelphia basically, you know, Jimmy probably doesn't have the series he has against Philadelphia unless Tyler is out there because, you know, they, they guarded Tyler a certain way that allowed Jimmy to drive. So he did serve a role there, but you were hoping you were kind of waiting. Okay. When does the breakout for Tyler come? And with the exception of a quarter or two, there was one quarter against Atlanta. Maybe I think it was Atlanta that he had, you know, he and Bam kind of hooked up with a pick and roll consistently for one quarter. And then other than that, there wasn't a lot there. So I, I, I think that they're going to be open to moving him. They're not looking to move him. I, I, that's the difference. But, but you see, that's the thing though. Like one of these guys has to ask out. Like you, you can't, I mean, this, this Bradley yeah. Beal thing, we've been doing this for five years. <laughs> like is he serious about asking out or is he not serious about asking out? You know, Dame Lillard, I, I don't think is going anywhere right now still. You know, Donovan Mitchell is the one. But I, everybody always looks at this from the Heat perspective. Like, okay, if Donovan Mitchell is on the open market, is Tyler he- – maybe he is, is. But is Tyler Hero the best player that's going to be offered for his services? And then you're, you're attaching Duncan's contract to make the thing work and some assorted other pieces. Like – I. Like people say, I'm not against that. Like yeah. Donovan Mitchell is a great player. Now Donovan Mitchell has his own warts, um, which is one is that defensively he has not been good the past couple of years. Now you you may project what he was when he came out of college and say you can get him back to that. The same with Beal, to be honest. Um, you know, but you know Donovan was on a, a competitive team that was competing for a Western Conference championship and still was not defending. Now yeah. I. I don't know how much of the issues he's got with Gobert or whatever and how that played into it, but um, they would have to fix that. But and, and look, 
this year, they're, you know, when they got Kyle, I said they're going to have to get him in shape. They didn't do that. No. So I'm, I'm curious about, about the fixing stuff, how that works. So, yeah, would I want, you know, for the Heat's sake, does Donovan Mitchell make Miami better? Of course he does. But are they offering him? Is Hero, is Hero and Robinson and picks going to be enough? Um, I'm not sure. As far as Duncan's status goes, look, I feel for Duncan. Um, they paid him for a reason, I, I, they, they, and and shooting is a commodity. Uh, but it just really comes down to those three words that I keep saying: the playoffs tell. And this is now the second straight postseason uh, that Eric really well. He played him against Milwaukee the previous year, but even the year before in the, in nah. the bubble run, they pulled him out at certain times down the stretch. Frig Wadala. This time, he really didn't play him at all. And remember. He he's his guy like that. Eric was the one who pounded the table to keep Duncan here, you know? So if he's kind of given up on it, I, I think you have to acknowledge that that's sort of happened. I think they see with Struess more to build on in terms of his physicality, um, in terms of his athleticism yeah. that, that Duncan doesn't really have. He's not uh, the threat though, that Duncan is as a three point shooter. So you're giving up a little bit of that, that, but I think that they've made a decision. And look, Max is under contract for the minimum next year, and so is Gabe. So like, they're not going anywhere. They're the only. They would only go somewhere if a team was like, "All right, to make this deal work, throw in one of them." But they're not making too. money work or anything like that. And I think the Heat would be reluctant to do it unless they have another option that they know uh, is ready. The young guys they have in the system now are not really that kind of player. Haywood Highsmith, they like a lot. They'll develop him this off season. Um, you know, and we never know what these guys are going to become, but, but because you know of their, their, you know, Yurt is another guy they like. They're going to try to develop this off season. So they ha- and Javante Smart they like too. I mean, they have some players in the system again, but you know, Max and Gabe being you know participants, you know, major participants, yeah. occasional starters on a on an Easter Conference Finals team. I don't know if they have one that's close to that, but we'll see. Summer League always tells. All right, before we let you go, I know you're a busy man. The NBA Finals starts this Thursday. I uh, would like to get a little take on it. To me, it, it feels like the Celtics uh, went toe-to-toe with the Heat team that was battered. The Warriors are just running through everyone. It, it feels like the Warriors are as healthy as they've been the entire year at the wrong time for everyone else, the right time for them. Even Clay's now hitting threes, which they were winning in spite of that. Draymond was being hard and hustle guy. Now he gets 17. Like Curry now looks like himself. And then Poole, if Curry's a little off, is a, a little mini Curry. Like they just look – that was the other thing to me where I was like, okay – I'd like to see the Heat there, but they're not beating this team. And I think the Celtics are very similar in that mold. What are your What is your take on the finals? I have some friends that are like, well, it'll go six. I'm like, it may go six. I, I don't know. I think this Warriors team hasn't even taken anyone seriously yet, and I think they're finally going to do that now. Good luck, Celtics. Like, what are your, your take on the finals? Yeah, I, I've had a weird feeling about Golden State all year because um, uh, they're not as good as the, oh, they're, they're the Durant team. Dynasty teams, right? Well, even the non-Durant, I, I feel like some of those teams were clicked more. The Harrison Barnes, when Harrison Barnes was in that spot, Clay was at a different level then. Um, you know, and I think to a certain degree, Steph was too. I, I don't think Steph is prime, prime Steph now. But but do they have enough? I, I think so. I think the only thing that, that could really challenge them is Boston's sort of size, length, ability to switch. Okay. Uh, will be. I, I do think that will give uh, Golden State problems in some games, but again, Golden State's really good at kind of. Pack, I mean, Boston's really good at packing the paint. Um, 
they're gonna they will you know Golden State's gonna get Shoot. some looks, okay? <laughs> uh, and and that that's that's problematic. Um, I I like the Warriors in this series. I do think it's a six or seven game series. Okay. though. I, I okay. think. Um, I, but I think something to watch with the Celtics is that. You know, again, they didn't play a lot of guys uh, in game six and seven. And so Odoka has really shrunk the rotation. And uh, and so I, I wonder how much they have left. I, that, I I would be curious on that. Also, Tatum, for all the tr- anointing him as a top five player, he, he can have some really erratic offensive halves um, and, where he just doesn't shoot the ball well at all. And and so, you know, they have too many. He has too many of those and he takes them out. Also, And Jalen was a little inconsistent against Miami, too. So I, I do like Golden State in this series. I, I think what it's going to show is that what the Heat thought before this year and I think why they're going to look at this as such a missed opportunity. Like when, when they were making the Lowry decision this offseason, you know, one of the reasons they decided to pay the extra year at that money was bec- and, comp- you know, and actually try to compete was because they looked at it and they said there was no real favorite for the NBA championship this year. There were like six to eight teams that could be in the mix. Um, and they were right, okay? I mean, and for a variety of reasons, they were right. Obviously, Brooklyn, you know, was totally dysfunctional. The Lakers fell apart, um, you know, but then, you know, Milwaukee had the Middleton injury. Uh, Phoenix, you know, had, you know, Phoenix at the last, <laughs> the wrong time, okay? And then, you know, you looked at, you know, Philadelphia obviously was in transition and you didn't really trust their character. And then, you know, you had, and I don't even know if they really saw Boston as a serious threat before this year. I don't think a lot of people did. So, you look at all that and Memphis kind of shot out of nowhere, although people thought that they, they could be good. Dallas was not a team people were talking about. So you look at all that, they really thought this thing was wide open and they were right because I, I think I think a B plus champion is gonna emerge here. Like I, I don't think there's there's an, an all time great. Right. You know, I, I think there's there's a gonna be a very good team that sort of benefits from circumstances. Golden State's case, they didn't end up seeing Phoenix, right? Um and and it, which I think would have been a really interesting series. And Memphis didn't have Morant. Morant, at the end. <laughs> right? And you look in Boston's case. I mean, you know, if I mean, just look at their run. I don't I don't know that Brooklyn beats them anyway, but obviously that Brooklyn team was not what people thought they would be. You look at round two; they no, get Middleton. Milwaukee without Middleton. They get Miami, uh, you know, completely beat up. And, you know, and Phoenix last year benefited from all this too. Yep. If you remember Phoenix's series, yep. the Lakers weren't healthy. They kind of so I, I think this is kind of the new model now. Mm-hmm. You don't really have, you know, these big three type teams. You really have two star teams for the most part, and then it's kind of collective pieces. And because of that, an injury to one of them, uh, you know, changes the equation. And so I, I just don't think I, I think the Heat are going to go into this offseason thinking, okay, you know, there's no Golden State with Durant. There's no LeBron, you know, on a dominant type team. And we can we can be part of this mix again. And I think that's what Pat's going to say. I think Pat's going to say, you know, we're in the game, you know, and, and they will be in the game. As long as they have Jimmy healthy, I think we can say that now, that they're going to be in the game. But you need some breaks. And, um they didn't get yeah. some breaks yeah. uh, this year, and and they're not and they were not the kind of dominant team that could overcome um, issues. They had they had to be clicking. Yep. Um, but I just I, just to go full circle on this, I, I think the big thing they're going to look at is why were we down to so few guys? Yes, like, why for a deep team? Yep, for a deep team, and and, and so. I wouldn't anticipate Deadman is back. Um, um, I think they'll give Yurt. They'll maybe bring someone else in and give Yurt a chance to compete. Uh, I think, like I said, Hero is Hero Robinson. Hero Robinson. That's going to be 
certainly discuss. I think they bring Caleb back, but I think at the right price. I think if he gets too big an offer from somewhere else, uh, they like him, but I think they think they can probably find another. Again, he didn't play a lot as things went on. So, And it, it goes back to Derek Jones Jr. In, in the bubble two years ago, that, that he didn't play a lot, and then they just kind of let him walk. So I, I just think the playoffs tell. I just keep coming back to that. And, um, you know, Golden State's good. Would Miami have beaten them in the finals in this state? Well, no. this hurt is what I'm saying. Yeah, this hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. this hurt. No, but but I think I think otherwise. I think that that it would have been a very representative final. So it's, it's just it's unfortunate without the excuses, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. I, that's I, when I was talking about injuries. I wasn't trying to say like the the, the mean the Celtics. I was just you could see <laughs> like right. you were putting seven guys on the injured list, and they and Butler wasn't letting them name him. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I mean. It is what it is, though. You know, like you. That's the one thing you can't just mask. And the, the, he did it as good as anyone can. This man does it better than anyone. At Ethan J. Skolnick, at the number five reason sports. Check him out. I know Fan Analyst is doing its thing, and you're working on that as well. So appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having us on Five Reasons. And check this man out all over the place. Thanks, Scoop. We appreciate it, man. All right. Take care, Gluby. Be well, my friend. Stop playing around. Ah, said, no, he's said, in Italy. He's, he's like traveling the world. At 70 years old, he takes his first trip to Europe. So we wish him luck. There's no, not a lot of gambling there. So he's probably uh, shaking a lot. Yeah, so. he, yeah, I was going to say withdrawal. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Gibby. I appreciate it. The one and only Ethan Skolnick joining me here, the Defo Show. Without Defo, with Luby. Uh, he's always sobering. What's so funny is he's a guy that touts the heat not being recognized, but he's also very honest. He's a guy, that's what's cool about him is he we learn about the heat he knows about the heat but he doesn't just say that they're the that the uh nothing bad can come from them look i mean they 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 went farther than a lot of people thought they would and if things didn't break the way they broke injury wise they probably would have gone farther so i think it was a successful season i think what he said like yes they have some issues that they need to correct but i also think those issues are the kind of issues they've corrected bigger like they don't need a star they have a star they have a superstar they have guys that have played big in big moments now they need to figure out what to do with the guys who didn't play big in big moments and can they go get a donovan mitchell or bradley bill it'll be an interesting offseason for miami for the miami heat it'll be an interesting finals he has a lot more faith in the celtics and he's a lot more negative about the warriors i i don't think the warriors are an all-time great team i admit that steph is not the best player in the league but he's still a top five or so best player Clay is not fully healthy, but he's showing signs. But to me, what's different about this team is they have more guys. They were a deep team. You had Livingston and you had Iguodala and Green was better. But now you have a pool. And now you have a Wiggins who do even more. And I don't think the Celtics can match that. And the Celtics were last pass versus a Heat team that was dead. So, I don't know. I, I think it's a five or six game series. Like, that's what I feel like. And uh, I guess we will see. This is a default show. No default. Just Luby. Right here, uh, you can hear us again on Five Reasons Sports Network. Check us out each other morning here on Ion Channel and our exclusive of content podcast, The Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V dot com. After, just search after hours. Appreciate you tuning in. Come back. More of me. Maybe we'll get a little bit into the NBA Finals. Talk a little bit. I don't really know much hockey. Like, I know the Rangers won. I know. the Ra- Carolina was supposed to win. They were undefeated at home. And Game 7, the Rangers had that New York way and got themselves into the conference finals versus the Lightning. And I know Edmonton and the Avalanche. The Avalanche has been a monster, but Edmonton has probably, presumably, the best player in hockey in Connor McDavid. 
So I know my surface stuff, and I'm bitter about the Panthers, but I don't know that much hockey, so I won't talk too much hockey. We'll probably talk a little bit more, a little bit more basketball and get into the Dolphins a little bit as down here. Once the heater out, the uh, the Marlins are not what we turn our attention to. We turn our attention to now the Canes because the Canes are just signing, bringing on to Highsmith and doing all the right things off the field. We're interested to see what the Canes do on the field, but the Miami Dolphins have made all the moves off the field to give us some excitement on the field. So talk a little bit of Miami Dolphins as well. Coming up next right here, the Defo Show. No Defo, just Luby. Coming up, more of that next. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305 305- Four five three nine zero six six. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee for you call the insurance company. Call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. You know what I'm going you know to do, because you don't ever give me a face shake. You know that? So I'm going to let you talk to Victor Ortiz, all right? I'm through. They put somebody else up and give me an interview. What talk are you Victor talking Ortiz. about? You, you, you talking heard about? him. You never give me a face shake. HBO needs to fire you. You don't know about boxing. You ain't You're, You got I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick your ass. The modern-day odd couple, Defoe and Louie, are on now. It is, of course, The Defoe Show. Welcome back to The Defoe Show. No Defoe, just Louie here. Uh, hopefully everyone had a safe, healthy Memorial Day weekend again. Thank you so much to all those servicemen and women that have given their lives for our freedom. And it's an interesting time in the world. Defo and I don't talk a lot about it, but we're also not scared to talk about it. If you follow me on Twitter, at Luby on air, I'm very open and honest about how I feel about the world at large. And I think there's a lot that could be done in our country to make it as great as some people think it is. But it is a great country. I am proud to be American. I am happy to be here in spite of some of the, the many things that they want people want to change and many things that need to be changed. Uh, we are very lucky to be here. There are so many countries that don't have the freedoms we have. And that is almost 100% due to those servicemen and women that fight for us each and every day. Sometimes for things they know about, sometimes for things they don't know. But they go out and they do so much for us. And I would, look, I openly, I never considered the military. My brother-in-law went. Um, I don't know if he did much fighting, but he went. 
And I appreciate his service. And so many people I know have given service. So thank you. And that's why we had yesterday. That's really the reason. It was cool to have a day off for a lot of us. And enjoy the time with the family and friends. And again, I started the show talking about how I would love to have gone to the beach. Uh, but, and by the beach, I mean any beach from the Keys all the way up to Delray, Boynton Beach. Great places, not good on holiday weekends. You get tourists, you get a lot of people going there, and it's freaking insane. So most of us locals realize, yeah, the beach is a wonderful idea, not going to happen. So uh, those who did brave it and go to the beach, good for you. Those who had barbecues, good for you. I did a little bit of both, work around the house and barbecue. So hopefully you all had a good weekend. It was a very interesting weekend when it came to South Florida sports. Again, talked a lot about the Miami Heat who Friday night. Uh, thank you to Ethan Scoops Golnick for joining me and being on for like a half an hour, like co-hosting it, sort of. I uh, really appreciate that. And he, look, he is very honest. And the Miami Heat do have holes, do have issues. But Jimmy Butler has taken himself to that level where every single year, if he's healthy, they are a championship contender. And they have the right pieces. And, the heat, and they've shown under Spolster to be able to take guys that no one knew and continue that Miami Heat tradition under Pat Riley of making guys better and taking guys that people either thought were done or we're never going to be, and becoming something with the Heat and even beyond. So uh, look forward to an interesting offseason in Miami Heat. There is a lot of rumors. And again, a guy like Beal so far is happy in Washington. Donovan Mitchell does not look happy in Utah, but you got to make it work. For not only the Heat, for the, it's not fantasy. Like the Utah Jazz have two fundamental franchise guys in Gobert and Mitchell. Each and every year with those two guys, they go to the playoffs. Each and every year with those two guys, they have a chance to win a series or two. And you're not just giving up a Donovan Mitchell for nothing. So it's if you're giving up a Mitchell, which we haven't heard that they are, it's going to be for something. Now, the Heat have a lot of parts, have a lot of pieces, but are they the right pieces? So I, I just know that the Miami Heat, what he said was very interesting, and that's how I feel, but I feel positively. Ethan was very honest. He said, look, this feels like 2005. And what happened in 2005, the Heat were real close. Dwayne Wade gets hurt. They... Shaq is dominating the Pistons in Game 7. For some reason, they go away from Shaq. The Heat falls short. The Pistons go to the finals and uh, and lose to the Spurs. And the Heat retool that offseason, come back and win the championship the next year. And it feels like the Heat, he talked about, and they did a whole overhaul except for Shaq and Wade. I don't know if they're going to do an overhaul with this group, but there, there's going to be some movement. I mean, Tyler Hero now, look in the bubble, it was great. Last year, they all struggled. But you got to take into account last year and this year, and Tyler Hero in the playoffs was a total disaster compared to the regular season. Just defensively, we knew he's not great defensively, but he was a sieve. And offensively, he, he just wasn't himself. Either was missing shots or wouldn't even take them. And you can't have that. He's supposed to be a third or fourth guy on this team. Bam showed in a couple games he can be an aggressor, he can be aggressive. But with Jimmy, that's not an automatic. And Kyle Lowry was supposed to be a big move, and he was hurt all year, and was hurt all playoffs, and he is out of shape, and they were supposed to get him in shape, and they didn't. So these are big question marks. I don't know. I just feel like the Heat always find a way to get around it, and I and I trust them. So I've questioned them a lot in the last few years. Uh, the last two or three years, I stopped questioning them, and <laughs> they went and made interesting moves that helped them get to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to make very similar moves this offseason and may make a big splash that'll take them to the next level. The finals 
I am not on the same page as Ethan. I think the Warriors, yes, this they're not an all-time great team. I admit that. But they're a scary team. And they're playing a Celtics team that was life and death versus a Heat, a, a Heat team that looked like they were done. So to me, I think the Celtics will be out there. They have great defense, but the Warriors do too. That's a problem. Like The Warriors have just as good statistically recently defense as the Celtics and a way better offense. Like The Celtics offense is Tatum Brown and hoping Derek White has a big game and Horford has a big game. Like I don't trust Derek. Derek White, look, what he did those last two games was it was scary and annoying if you're a Heat fan, but he didn't do anything in the second halves, right? So he goes away. Horford looks old and slow. So if you're going at him, which the Heat for some reason went long spurts without doing, he's going to struggle. The Warriors, again, like I've talked about, have a really good mix of young and old. They're working really well together. Kerr is a really good coach when he has his guys, and he does. And now they look healthy. And the Celtics, supposedly from what Celtics fans have told me, are not healthy. Okay, well... You got past the heat. Good luck with the Warriors. So I, I, maybe it's not five because the Celtics do play really good defense and they do hustle and they, that's the one thing. They played hard every freaking game where the heat injuries, whatever have you, whatever the issue was, the heat weren't playing hard every game, weren't playing hard all game. The Celtics did and the Celtics will come at you and Udoka's done a hell of a job. So I can't stay in the team. I can't, I, I, it, their players, Grant William, like they bitch about every call. Like, dude, you hacked him. Like we saw you hack him. Jalen Brown, you hacked him. Jason Tatum, like, he's flailing his arms, and it's like, buddy, we ha- you tackled him. Like, So, as a team, they're annoying to watch, but they're well-coached. Yudoka has done a hell of a job, and they're in the finals. I just, I don't give them a shot to win, and I don't think it's going to be as compelling a series as a lot of people are. We haven't had compelling outside of the Heat went to seven, and what, the, the last game was really good. Game six was okay. Game five had moments. Like, the playoffs have been horrible. So people are like, okay, you have this team that's hard, hustle, hard and hustle, and they play defense, and you have this other team that is the out west team, and they shoot a lot. Well, they also play great defense, and they're also well coached, and they've also been there. This is their sixth finals in eight years. The Celtics team has flirted with finals, but this is their first finals. And Scoop said it right. Like, Jason Tatum, they will ebb and flow by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Both will go absent for halves. Warriors, that doesn't matter. Curry had 15 points, and then Clay stepped up, and Green said, but Green has six points. Well, then you have Clay, and you have Poole, and then you have Wiggins. This seems loaded. And they're also hungry, and they've been forgotten the last two years, and they're using it. I just think it's a five-game, possibly a six-game series, and I don't think I don't think there's a shot the Warriors lose. But we'll see. I've been wrong, as Defoe makes fun of me. I thought the the injuries would get them, and they'd lose in game six, and they had a, a valiant effort in game six and took game seven to the last seconds. So who knows? That's the finals. Okay, so what's next, right? South Florida, what do we do now? It's the summer, and the Marlins are a joke. The pitching's been really good. The hitting's been inconsistent. The bullpen sucks. The bullpen literally gives, has given up so many one-run games. It's disgusting. So you, it's hard to focus on a team that's that bad. So what do you focus on? The Dolphins. Well, we have months. Well, we're doing OTAs, and we're hearing things, and that's why I keep asking Brett Tesler about it because – I'm falling for it, and I haven't for a while. The Dolphins finally beat me down. They were so mediocre, so bad for so long that even I, a diehard Dolphin fan, sort of gave in on my hope. I'd watch them, talk about them, cover them, but didn't really have hope they'd go anywhere. Ryan Flores gave them, we talk about culture changes. He didn't care about offense at all and had no clue what the hell he was doing with offense, which is why when he was fired and everyone was screaming, I was sort of, okay, good. 
You know, I was like, he's done everything he can with the defense, and he has no idea what he's doing with offense. He keeps firing offensive coordinators, firing offensive line coaches. The offensive lines aren't getting better. They're putting draft picks, free agents, free agency acquisitions in the offensive line, and it's not getting better. The offense was okay, but you're not putting an offense around a number five pick for whatever the hell reason. And then you're making weird hires and an old man that hasn't coached in years in Changeli. Like, this is an offensive era in football, and you don't care about offense at all. I mean, come on. But what he did do was where this team would give up in games, where this team would give up in the season, the last two years they didn't. He said, screw you, Ross. I know you want to lose. I don't care. And it might have been to the detriment of them getting Joe Burrow, but it laid the foundation of a team that really goes after it and a team that's never out of it. Okay, well, if you can bring in a creative mind like Mike McDaniel, so now you keep the offense defense intact, you bring on some guys in an Ingram, and you keep some guys, and you keep Josh Boyer, who in large part, it might have been a lot of floors, but Boyer supposedly did have a lot to do with it. Floors wouldn't have kept him. You keep that intact, and now you bring in an offensive guy that's done less with more. Like, that's the funny thing about the Niners. Like, Debo Samuel was a good player, but he wasn't this monster. McDaniel, from a off- running game standpoint, figured out how to work him into the offense to make him, like, one of the preeminent pieces in the league. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Shoot, he's good at both. You know? We're, and they had Greg Kittles. But Greg Kittles, one, is hurt a lot. Two, they how much they, their quarterback's average. Their offensive line's really good. And outside of that, they didn't have a ton of talent, but their offense was good. Well, Mike McDaniel, from what we've heard, is really smart, really bright. And what we've seen so far is he did more with less. Shoot, look what he has now. <laughs> he should be able to do more with more. Like, they have, they were, the Dolphins went from having, what, a bottom five receiving core? I mean, we take into account, finally, Parker always hurt, Williams always hurt, Albert Wilson always hurt, Shaquem Grant always hurt. Um, when they do play, they drop a ton of balls. Gasicki grew as a pass catcher. But they, he is in and out with targets. Like, their receiving core, while the season was on, was like, what, bottom five, bottom ten? Right now, it's rated as like a top two to three. And it's, that's legit. Waddle, he may not be Chase, and he's not. He's not, the, he's not an all-one-man machine. He is one of the faster guys in the league. And Shodi has great hands, can run great routes, and get the ball. So now he's not a number one. He's a number two, and with Cedric Wilson Jr., who the Cowboys supposedly liked a lot, and Cowboys fans are really sad to see go, they might take turns as two and three. Plus, you still have a Williams who can be interesting. You have a Gesicki who has a lot of talent. You know, you have some other guys that are interesting from the receiver spot. And then your running backs were a total disaster. I'm sorry, Ahmed and Gaskin tried really hard. Good for them. They're not NFL running backs. They're practice squad guys. Well, Edmonds has started, and done well in the NFL. Mostert set records in the playoffs as a running back. And Michelle may not be a, a game breaker, but he's definitely a guy you can trust. He's won a couple Super Bowls. And he is a smart running back that can go make plays, which is what the Dolphins have been missing. So you now have running backs that can play. You've addressed the offensive line. You brought in one of the best left tackles in the game, one of the best guards in the game. You actually made one decent draft pick in Hunt, and Dieter's been okay, and there's still some other things out there. So... The Dolphins, to me, even though it's early, have done enough where I'm excited to talk about it. Plus, Tua looks better from what we're hearing. And there now is an organization that's behind him that are giving him, look, I get it. These are professional athletes. They shouldn't need pats on the back. They should just gumption and hard and hustle and 
But that's not how it works. We know that's not how it works. Like, they're still human beings. And again, all the great, if not all the greats, a great deal. Look, Tim Duncan doesn't lament his youth. Fine. Jordan does. Kobe talks about the moments he was snubbed. Larry Bird was a bitter, bitter person that literally transferred colleges because Bobby Knight pissed him off to go to Indiana State. Like, outside of Magic and Tim Duncan, it's hard for me to find a great player that doesn't hone in on the negative. So they obviously do like when they hear the praise. LeBron, for a long time, was bitching about everything that was said about him. Kevin Durant is as sensitive as it gets. Like, as great as these players are, they do like getting attention, and they do like pats on the back. So... A young quarterback comes into the league and he's starting, sitting, starting, sitting for an old quarterback who's average to bad in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Doesn't help his confidence. Plus, he's coming off an injury. Plus, you give him the worst pass blocking offensive line and one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in football. And you give him nothing. <laughs> you, his receiving code's horrible. You don't even try to get running backs. Like, okay. And you don't have any faith in him. What do you expect from Tua? And then he still is rated in the top like 20 quarterbacks in the league. Now he has weapons. Now he has a quarter, a coach who believes in him. Now he has an organization behind him. Now he has experience. He's fully healthy. I, I think the sky's the limit for Tua. We know how I feel. And I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be a lot better than a lot of people think. Like, I know the AFC is ridiculous. And I know two-thirds or three, what, a majority of the top ten quarterbacks are all in the AFC outside of Rodgers and Brady. I admit that. But I think the Dolphins have a better defense than most of those teams have as much offensive talent, and have a quarterback that has a ton of talent who's been super underrated, and he literally came in and got his big moment in the middle of a title game when his team was getting annihilated and rose to the occasion. So if Tua can do it then, I'm very curious to see what he does this year. I'm super excited. Hopefully you all have enjoyed this morning. Again, check out our South Florida content. It'll probably be Ethan's Ethan's conversation because he was great on the Miami Heat. On Five Reasons Sports... We do. We every day have South Florida content there. So thank you, Five Reasons Sports Believe Network. Exclusive content each and every day there. We do a lot of interesting thing there. Again, last week, the end of the week, Tim Bruce, your conversation with him was really cool. He's been a coach for a long time, done some NFL, a lot of college, coached with a lot of the big names, Jimbo, Mac Brown, was with Dan Mullen as well. Guy that knows the game, was very honest about the NIL, very honest about the transfer portal, very honest about college football. In general, the world of college athletics, that's on Believe right now. It was a very interesting conversation we had at the end of last week. B-L-E-A-V dot com, the Believe Network. And each and every day, right here, the Defo Show. No Defo for a couple more days. Okay, a couple's wrong. A few more days. But you'll have me, and you'll have all of our fun. Uh, tomorrow will be a kicking it old school Wednesday with the one and only Tony Segreto. So we'll talk with Tony, maybe get some stories. I'll try and uh, sort of move in. I know we're not for the ready for the Dolphins yet. But to me, I'm starting to feel a little Canes, a little Dolphins, a little bit NBA Finals. So we'll, we'll do that the rest of this week. Appreciate Andy, Julian, you guys who got on the chat. Ethan Skolnick for joining me. Thank you one and all for tuning in this morning. And we'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Devil Show with Luby right here. On the Ion channel, Five Reasons Sports and Believe. Thank you so much, everybody. And have a great rest of your day.